shut the lion's mouth. I stocked the boat with hay. I planted seeds. I rested well. And there, the homeland prospered. We walk the bridge between the faiths, mindful of the intentions of the extraordinary God who turns commonplace moments into miracles. We walk along the wooden beams that hold us from the fall. We look ahead to the golden glow and know that here we gleam. The faithful yes endures. Who I am today is a legend for the latter. Normal, ordinary, plainly heroic. What's up, C12? Y'all doing okay? I mean, after that, and that's all I get, are we doing okay? See, I love that, that the king is among us. That's huge because it's true, and so tonight is going to be powerful, not because of anyone on the stage or who I am, but because of the king is among us. So with that, my name is Brandon Bridgefarmer. I'm a ministry production pastor or coordinator, whatever you want to call me. I don't really understand what that means. I just do a lot of things here at 12 Stone. Cool. Um, I am new to 12 Stone. Um, I, I've been here. Is that me? It is. Okay. There we go. Um, but I'm new to 12 Stone. I've only been here since January. Touching the beard. Please don't make me preach with a handheld. All right. But I've been here for four months. Um, before that, I just want to give you a little backstory of who I am so you kind of understand who is speaking to you tonight. Um, I came from a church in Flowery Branch. I was a student pastor there. Um, I've been in ministry for um, off and on, doing different things, working for nonprofits for about five years. Um, I'm 24, so I've been in it for since the early age. Um, I'm newly married. I got married in February. And thank you. Um, and today is actually three months of marriage, so it's pretty exciting. I'm not allowed to point her out in the room, but I am going to point her out on the screen. This is my beautiful wife. Yes. I outpunted my coverage, they like to say. Um, I do not deserve her, but I am glad that she, she deals with me. And that's just the best way to say it. She deals with me. Um, but I'm excited to be here tonight. Matt asked me if I'd come and um, teach, and I, I've been itching to get back and teach, so I'm, I'm fired up. I'm not going to take up too much of your time. Um, but as we're closing out this series, We Can Be Heroes, I don't know what you think of when you think of heroes, but I think of like superheroes. Um, and so what I wanted to do is kind of talk about maybe some superheroes that really should have never been considered superheroes. So I, I got some pictures. Um, they're up on screen. I don't know if you can read it if you're in the back, but this guy's name is Arm Fall Off Boy. <laughs> and he takes his arm and beats up the villains. I, I, don't, I don't know who came up with it or how this came to be, but he's a superhero. Uh, the next one is Squirrel Girl. <laughs> Squirrel Girl's description said she wanted, to be part, she wanted to be Iron Man's sidekick, once saved his life, but she just didn't make it. And if I could be a superhero, I'd want to be Iron Man because he's sarcastic, which I love, and he has a lot of money, which would be nice. I don't have that. The next one, Meat Eater Lad. I just like the name. 
or ma- <laughs> matter matter eater lab, but really I don't really understand um, I don't understand the purpose of it. But yeah, so those are some kind of superheroes that really their their traits that they have don't don't make a lot of sense. I don't know what you're going to do if you just can control squirrels or eat metal or any like take if I don't I don't want my arm to come off to beat people with it. Unless, you know, I just had to. But when I, so that's just some like some little humor to get into the night. But what I want to talk about, the trait I want to talk about tonight, I think as of Christians, if we can get this, I think if we can see this trait, if we can apply this trait, it, it'll change our lives. It's going to change the way we think. It's going to change the way we interact on our school campuses or at work or wherever it may be. And, and this trait, this trait is a hero. Get this. It's going to blow your minds. It's going to change your life just by hearing this. A hero is available. A hero is available. Didn't that just blow your minds? No? Well, I hope to show you tonight why it blows your minds. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I, I, one thing I need you to know about me, since this first time in front of you, some of you have never seen me before, you never met, um, I'm really sarcastic, so a lot of my humor is just going to be sarcastic and really dry. Um, and if you don't think it's, just laugh, even if you don't think it's funny, um, it helps me. I, I'm also like old school, not old school, but I'm like from a Southern Baptist background, so if you like to say amen or come on or anything like that, I'm all about it. But if not, that's cool. This is, I feel like this is a really free room. I'm rambling. Let's get back to it. See, because a, a, what makes a hero a hero is they're available in the time of need, right? I, I, that is going to bug me because I'm ADD, but I'm going to push through it. Pray for it. Um, a hero is available, and a hero is around for what matters. Because, oh, here it comes, the joy of my life. This is my favorite night ever. Um, God, we love you. We thank you. Oh, Lord. But God, in in all seriousness, I pray that you calm my heart, God, and you speak powerfully through me, God, that we can walk away seeing you for who you are, God, that you're not just this God that sits far back, but you're a God that meets us where we are. So God, do that tonight. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. 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 All right. So if you have your Bibles, if you didn't bring a Bible, there's one underneath you. If you have your phone and you want to click over to YouVersion, go that. We're going to be in the book of Matthew, chapter 14. And, and I love Scripture. I want you to know something like about me is when I get into the Word, I get really excited. But when I get to talk about the Word, I get really, really excited. So if I move around a lot, my wife said, I told her I was going to bring a chair up here, and she said, why? You're never going to sit down. That's true. So I'm going to move around, hopefully not fall off the stage. But we're going to be in Matthew chapter 14. And if you've been around church for any time, you've probably heard the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000, right? And it's such a cool story. It's almost overlooked. And another fun fact about this story is it's the only miracle of Jesus recorded in all four Gospels. So there's some significance to it. There's some power to it. And what I want us to see is really 
who the hero of the story is. And the hero of the story is so cliche in church, but the hero tonight is Jesus. So we're going to see how Jesus is the hero and what trait, how he shows that the trait of being available is huge. So you've got Jesus is going to heal the people, or not heal, he's healed a lot of people, sorry, focusing again. Um, He's healed a lot of people. He's been teaching a lot. And what we see is Jesus has just found out that John the Baptist has been killed. So we can pick it up in the story in in, um, verse 13, which is going to be fun to read with a handheld. I apologize. All right, verse 13. Now when Jesus heard this, he withdrew. So when he heard that John the Baptist had been killed, he, he, um, he takes off. He withdrew there in a boat to a desolate place by himself. So Jesus is trying to get away from the crowds. He's trying to get away somewhere secluded. And then when you're performing miracles and you're, and you're um, teaching a lot and just being powerful like Jesus is, the crowd's going to follow. So when he, but when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. And when he went ashore, he saw a great crowd and had compassion on them. That's huge. And healed their sick. So get this. like Jesus is, has been teaching all this time. He's been healing all these people. He's just heard that someone that he was close to has been killed. So he's trying to go away and just be quiet. Some of you that have finals this week, how many of y'all got finals? Some of y'all just want to be alone sometimes, right? Some of you that aren't going through finals, just when you've had a rough day or you've been doing a lot, you just want to go home and be quiet, right? But Jesus does something that's huge here. He, he sees the crowds and sees their needs and has compassion on them. Keep going. We're going to read it all and then come back and dissect it. Verse 15. When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and the day is now over. Send the crowds away to go into the villages and buy food for themselves. And I I just love Jesus because I just feel like he's sarcastic at times, and it's awesome. So you you got to imagine this. They're in the middle of nowhere. There's not anywhere for their food to be, and these people have just come to see who Jesus is. It's not like they're like, Okay, we're going to go on a field trip, see Jesus, pack your lunch. No, they just leave, and they go to him. So Jesus says, they need not go away. You give them something to eat. So he's looking at the disciples. He's like, why are you going to send them away? You just feed them. And if you, if you look in the um, record of John of this story, there's actually a little boy that has how many pieces of bread? Five. How many pieces of fish? Two. Awesome. So Jesus knows that this is taking place. We have to understand that God knows everything. So he knows that there's a little boy with food. And the disciples said to him, we only have five loaves here and two fish. And Jesus said, bring them here to me. I I love it. He's like, you feed them. Well, we don't have any food. Yeah, you do. Bring it here. And then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass, and taking five loaves and two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds, and and they ate all and were satisfied, or they all ate and were satisfied, and they took up 12 baskets full of pieces left over. And those who ate were about 5,000 men besides women and children. So what's cool about this is that there's just 5,000 men, not including all their children and the women involved. And back then, just a fun fact of what was going on in biblical times, there's not birth control, so there's tons and tons of kids running around. There's no way to control it. It It just happens. So there's tons and tons of people in this crowd. And Jesus takes five things of bread, two fish, and then has abundantly more than they need. I, I love this story. But what I want us to see is 
that Jesus made himself available because he's going to rest. He's going to be by himself. He's going to spend time with the Father and not to work. But when the crowds show up, even though the crowds came for their own selfish reasons, Jesus has compassion on them. So what I want us to see is, in, and if you're taking notes, um, there's a blank for you. It says this. When, when we make ourselves available, when Jesus made himself available, he was able to have compassion on him. So when we make ourselves available, we're able to embody that compassion. We're able to embody that compassion. And for I, I have to let you see that this is so crucial because you're never going to have enough compassion on your own strength to do anything for the kingdom of God. The only way that your compassion is big enough or great enough is if it's through Jesus. And, and so we, we see that Jesus is in the moment. He's, just, he's realizing everything going on in the moment. And we, we're not a people that live in the moment. As much as we want to say we live in the moment, we're not. America is one of the fast, most fast-paced, busy-living people in the world. Well, me, me and my wife are in the process of trying to buy a home, and, and it's crazy, first of all, because the ones you want get sold, and the ones you don't want are the only ones available, and it's, it's hectic. And, but they're building homes, just random fact. They're building homes from the point they pour the slab, 70 days later that's available to walk in and live in. To me, that's crazy. It's a fast-paced world. Some of y'all don't care about that, but one day you will. <laughs> so what I want us to see is we're talking about earlier that Jesus is trying to get by himself. But Jesus wasn't worried about himself. He's worried about the people. Tired and weary, he's still going to heal them, even though they can't do anything for him. And we're so often a people that says, well, if you can do this for me, I'll do this for you. If you won't do this for me, I'm not going to do this for you. If you're not going to pay me, no, I'm not going to do it. And, and stuff like that. And just an illustration. I, and um, my wife didn't know me at the time, so she can't get mad at me for this story um, because she would not be proud of me for this story. But when I was a student pastor, um, we did a weekend or a, yeah, weekend retreat called D-Now. Um, I don't know if you've ever been a part of a D-Now. If you live in the South, for the most part, if you grew up in church, you did a D-Now. And so D-Now, we had a big event. And then we'd stay in the people's homes. But, so I worked all week and then worked this weekend, and I was exhausted. I was told by my senior pastor not to come back in to work on Monday. I came in to work on Monday because I was single. And what else do you have to do? You work. So I came in. I was supposed to get lunch with my buddy. And um, some guy came into the church. And if you've ever worked in a church or been in the church during the weekdays, people just come in. And that's great because that's what we're here for. We're here to help people. Well, this guy just said he needed a ride down the street. He didn't have a car. Someone had dropped him off. He just needed a ride down the street. And I was like, yeah, I can take you right down the street if that's where you, you're going. I told my buddy I'll be right back. So I hop in the car, and this guy hops in. He wants to smoke. I was like, you can't smoke in my truck. And then we, we head on. He's like, actually, it's not this street. It's down. It's not this street. It's down. I, I'm used to work in Flyer Branch. Next thing I know, I'm in Athens. This guy, so I, I just, like, I, I felt bad. I wanted to help this guy. He looked like he needed a lot of help. He's in, the, he's in the car on his phone. He's talking about the mobs after him. No joke. I'm not kidding. I'm honestly fighting with myself going, I'm going to drop this guy off the side of the road. I'm going to die. This is what's going to happen. I'm going to get to the point, and I'm dying. 
And then I was like, no, 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 I can die a martyr. I'll die for my faith. It'll be awesome. It'll be great. I feel like anytime you think that way, I don't know if God blesses that. But so on, I'm like, every time he's not on the phone, I'm just trying to tell him the gospel. I'm trying to explain it to him and the whole point going, I'm going to die. My mom's not going to be happy. She's going to be so disappointed that I died this way. And anyways, we get, we get to his mom's house. He threw some drugs in the woods, which I was like, oh, that's awesome. Um, and, and, and we move, and I, and, and I get back, and I'm like, oh, gosh, that was crazy. So I don't really pick up hitchhikers anymore. Um, but the point of that story is it, it taught me something, honestly. Like, as funny as that is, it, it really did teach me something. Because I joke about the mafia being after him. He really said they were. I don't know if that's true. And I honestly, like, I've been to Uganda. I've been to some crazy places and been in some really sketchy moments in my faith. But it was probably the first time I was ever afraid I might lose my life for Jesus. But God does some huge things when we actually have compassion on the people. Because I could have been like, no, man, I'm not going to give you a ride. I'm tired. So we embody his compassion. We move forward and we allow God to do huge things through us because we've been able to reflect on his compassion because you can't do this on your own. When we talk about being available that you might be able to show the compassion of Jesus, you can't do it on your own strength. The only way you can do it is on his strength and that's by reflecting on his compassion. That's by getting in his word and allowing him to show you what it looks like to be compassionate towards people. So when we make ourselves available, we're able to see the compassion that Jesus has for people because we're making ourselves available. But to show his compassion, we have to reflect on it. And then the second point, we trust him to do the impossible. We trust him to do the impossible. It's how many of you would have been like, if Jesus, if you were his disciples, he'd be like, hey, take this and give it out. You'd be like, God, I don't know, Jesus, if you can count. It's not five people, it's 5,000. And there's five and two fish. We're going to, like, give them grains? No. So, like, if I said, hey, man, I said, I need you. I got these awesome Lance toasted cheese crackers, peanut butter. I need you to feed everyone in here a whole cracker. Can you do that? No, but you can have crackers. But the idea is <laughs> he didn't trust that God can do the impossible. It's okay. I'm just kidding, bro. Um, hey, let me be that bl- my blessing to you. Go out and bless those. Um, but we trust him to do the impossible. I mean, think about it. Honestly, like think about if you were to be in that crowd. And Jesus is like, we're going to feed you in the middle of nowhere because of the little boy's lunch. It's, it's crazy. But the issue is when we don't believe that God can do incredible things, when we don't believe that giving someone a ride that could be being killed by the mob could be the way that leads him to the gospel, it's because we don't believe that God's actually the God of everything. When we don't believe that God can do the impossible, when we don't believe that God can save our parents, when we don't believe God can save our best friends, we don't believe that God can redeem the terrorists. Like, even extreme as that, it's because we don't believe that the God, our God is the God that does the impossible. And when we don't make ourselves available, we'll never see God do the impossible. Heroes 
allow themselves to be made available because they believe God is the God that does the impossible. And that's huge for us to get. That's huge. Because God isn't the God that just wants to do things to help you be, you know, live your better life or anything like that. God wants to show his glory through making impossible things possible. And, and that's, that's huge. And I want you to get that as college students or college-age students because you're in the most important years of your life. And if you can allow God to do mighty things through you, we can cha- a group of people this big can change the world. Twelve guys who had little faith following one guy changed the world. Go read the book of Acts. It's it's incredible. But when you make yourself available to trust him to do impossible things, what you're saying is you trust that God has unlimited resources. He has unlimited resources. There's nothing that can hinder God from doing what God wants to do. Even a little boy's lunch can feed 10,000 people at least. That's incredible. So you need to ask yourself, do you believe that God is the God who can do anything with anyone or anyone? Like even you, like even me. God could do anything he wants to through me. And then the, the last point. When we make ourselves available, when we see that God, that Jesus made himself, himself available, we recognize him as sufficient. We recognize him as sufficient. Because the story we see, this um, incredible miracle of Jesus stepping out and seeing the needs around him, it's actually an awesome relation of Moses in the desert with his people when he feeds, when God feeds his people with bread from heaven. In an impossible circumstance, God steps in and meets the needs of his people. So what I want you to see is God is sufficient to meet your needs. God is sufficient to give you strength to stay up late tonight and study. God's sufficient to take the stress that you have away. God's also sufficient to use you to speak to someone about Jesus on your college campus or at your work. Or even what's harder is to your family. For some reason, it's the hardest people to talk to is your family about Jesus. But God is sufficient to meet that need. He's able to meet our needs and the needs of others, but it's not just the temporary needs, but it's the greater needs. You get that? So often our prayers are that we want Jesus to fix what's going on in the moment. God, I need this now. You need to do this for me now. God, I'm stressed. Take my stress. God, I need money. Give me money. God, I need this. I need this. I need this. But what you don't understand is God is so much about the bigger needs than he is the smaller needs. And the biggest need that we could ever have is knowing that Jesus is the only one that can give us eternal life. So I love in, in, um, in this account of this story in John chapter 6. If you, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn over with me to John chapter 6. We see God, or we see Jesus pointing. It's a few stories like, so he feeds the 5,000, and then he walks on water. And then the crowd kind of wakes up and they're like, where is Jesus? Because he walked on water at night. And they find him in the next town. And they, they come to him and they want to ask him some questions about what he's been doing. And I, I love what Jesus says. So we pick it up in verse um, 25. 
And when they found him on the other side, they said, Rabbi, where, where do, um, when did you come here? And Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work on the food that perishes, but the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him God the Father has sent his seal. And you have to see, Jesus is talking about himself here. Jesus loved talking about himself. It's awesome. You can't do that. Don't do that. 28. Then they said to him, we must be do, um, what must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them, this is the work of God, that you believe in him who he has sent. And so they said to them, what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What do you do to perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness that is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. And Jesus said to them, this is it, get it. Truly I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father that gives you true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. You can try to do this life on your own. You can try to continue to ask God to meet your temporary needs, but never fix the eternal. But you're going to continue eating and never being full. You're going to continue searching for food and never being full. You're going to continue searching for the things in your life that you think are going to fill you, but will never accomplish what you desire. And Jesus says, if you will believe in him who has been sent by the Father, if you'll believe in Jesus, then everything you've ever desired will be satisfied. And and, and this is so key for, for you as college students to get. Because there's two different types of people in the world. And there's two different types of people in this room. Some of you have been pursuing Jesus your whole life. Well, you're not your whole life. That's theologically wrong. But you've been pursuing Jesus for a really long time. Or just recently pursuing him. And and you've seen Jesus do incredible things in you and those around you. But you're not making yourself available to show compassion, to trust his unlimited resources, and to trust that he's sufficient for everything. You're just kind of going through life because it's easy to get busy. And Satan loves to get us busy because then we're not doing the work of God. And so what you need to do tonight is say, God, I want to be available. God, I see that you're available to meet the needs of those around you. God, I want to be available to you, be used by you to meet the needs around me. And then there's some of you in this room that just haven't yet seen that God is actually available for you. You haven't seen that God is who's going to satisfy you, who's going to meet your needs, who's going to fill you completely and then give you eternal life. And what I want you to see tonight is that God who can feed the 5,000, who can die on the cross and rise again, that God is available to you tonight. So as the band comes up, we're going to just dive into worship. And what I want you to do is really like allow yourself to see, are you being made available for those that don't know Jesus? Are you available for the one? Are you in a place where you need to see that God is available for you? And that God has made a way for you to be with him. Because when you step into that, when you step into this faith of allowing God to use you to be available in people's lives or be available to receive him, it, it, it doesn't get any better than that. So I want to pray for you and then, and then just search your heart. So Jesus, we thank you for tonight. 
God, we thank you that you are an all-powerful, almighty God. God, that you're available for any of us. God, you're available to meet our needs in the moment, God, and then forever. God, you've searched our hearts. You know us, God. You know everyone in this room and where they're at. So, God, I pray that you do mighty things through every single one in this room. God, whether it's that they step foot on their campus tomorrow and start just preaching and loving on people for your name. Or, God, even in this moment, God, maybe someone says yes to who you are. God, may we trust that you are all-powerful, all-sufficient. Jesus, we love everything that you're doing tonight. Do more. It's in your name we pray. Amen.